welcome to People, Places, Planet Pod, the official podcast of the Environmental Law Institute, a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization working to ensure a healthy environment, prosperous economies, and vibrant communities founded on the rule of law. Technology is radically reshaping how things are powered, made, and moved. It's allowing us to observe environmental conditions in real time and to adjust how we produce goods and services to reduce waste and pollution. Drones, artificial intelligence, and advanced sensor networks are changing the way pollution and our natural resources are monitored and assessed. Technology is not a panacea, but it is an instrument of rapid change, both in the world we live in and in the world of environmental law and protection. At ELI's inaugural Green Tech Conference held in Seattle, Washington, policymakers, lawmakers, technologists, NGOs, and leaders from some of the world's most innovative companies joined ELI to explore environmental protection in an era of transformative technological change. My name is Dominic Shigatano, and I'm a research associate here at ELI. With us today are Cassantha Moodley, Manager of Innovation and Governments here at the Environmental Law Institute, as well as ELI President Scott Fulton, both of whom played an integral role in orchestrating the inaugural Green Tech Conference. Hi, Cassantha and Scott. Um, thank you both so much for joining us today. Thanks, Dominic. We're uh, so glad to be here to spread the news about green tech. Greetings, Dominic. Um, so for those who don't already know, what is green tech? So I see it as technology that is designed to mitigate um, its environmental and social impacts. But it's also technology that is applied to addressing a specific um, environmental challenge. Um, some of these technologies include bioengineering to develop biofuels and bioplastics, uh, while there's also artificial intelligence to monitor and predict air emissions. Yeah, for me, um, when we do when we say green tech, it has a particularized meaning in the ELI context. We're a, we're an organization that is ultimately focused on building effective governance and rule of law in the environmental space. So. Uh, the, the key questions in the technology arena uh, are uh, how uh, will technology uh, transform regulated behavior um, as that will necessarily influence the systems that uh, are intended to uh, oversee that behavior, uh, but also how will technology change our ability to understand and assess environmental impacts and environmental conditions, um, which uh, can in turn uh, drive behaviors in interesting ways. And so that's uh, really what uh, what we're looking at, in particular, I think, in the in the green tech uh, context. Uh, we don't see this as a kind of a general exploration of technology. Um, it's really more about how technology may be transformative in the environmental protection systems of the future. Great. And so um, now that we kind of have an idea of how green tech relates to ELI's work, um, I was hoping you could tell me a little bit about how the idea came about. Um, what prompted you both to sort of conceptualize this conference and carry it out? Okay. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Dominic. Um, there probably are um, a few formative stages for this. Uh, for me personally, this kind of set up before I, I came to, to ELI to serve as the Institute's president in 2015. Uh, when I got involved in some work that the World Justice Project was doing, 
uh, looking at uh, the role of technology um, as a um, as a, a source of assistance um, in failed state scenarios. In other words, when government um, is not up to the task of producing environmental protection, how can technology um, serve as serve a role in uh, in bridging that and bringing about change? And in particular, sensing technology and information and communication technology. Um, so I had this thought uh, when I came to ELI that uh, an institute like this one. Uh, focused as it is on environmental governance, ought to be looking at the space. Uh, one of the things that I was able to do fairly early in the going was uh, bring Dave Rajeski over from the World uh, um, uh, Woodrow Wilson Center and uh, uh, to help me figure out what this technology uh, law governance interface. And Dave and I produced a paper back in 2018 um, called uh, A New Environmentalism, The Need for a Total Strategy for Environmental Protection. And in that paper, uh, we observed that the future of environmental governance uh, looked to be moving away from an exclusively government-centric model uh, towards a multifaceted system of governance that uh, relied um, as heavily on private sector governance and leadership and on citizen-based governance and leadership uh, as it would on government uh, programming and that technology uh, promised to be an animating feature in all of those governance systems going forward. So we put this paper out, it, it uh, attracted some interest and energy, including among the members of the board of directors for the Environmental Law Institute. And uh, our board includes um, a fair number of representatives of tech companies, but also companies that are very much tech uh, reliant and tech sophisticated. Um, and our board got interested in this and thought, um, that the Institute um, could contribute in a meaningful way uh, to shining a light on this, uh, on this important uh, intersection. Um, the next stop in the process, I guess, was a, a gathering at the margins of the um, annual meeting of the American College of Environmental Lawyers in Jackson Hole, Wyoming in the fall of 2018. Um, several of our board members and I are members of the college. Um, we found ourselves uh, 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 sharing some ideas over a bottle of whiskey as we were looking out over Jackson Hole. And uh, really the idea of this conference was, was born there, um, uh, hopefully inspired more by the importance of the issue than the, uh, than the spirits. Um, but... Uh, uh, we were off and running at that point, um, and many thanks to, to Brad Martin of Martin Law in Seattle and Rob Kirsch, the vice chair of the LI board, uh, formerly of the Wilmer um, Law Firm, um, for their leadership and engagement really from the get-go. Um, also a very important contribution from uh, Katie Thompson of, uh, of Amazon. 
Uh, we settled on Seattle as the as a delivery uh, venue for the conference. Uh, we set about the business of designing and developing uh, the conference pretty much from whole cloth because this was something brand new. Um, and uh, fortunately, it uh, turned out to be a wonderful success. Thank you, Scott, for um, providing some context um, on the conference. Um, for those who weren't able to be in attendance, um, I was hoping you both could talk a little bit about some of the panels that were at Green Tech this past year. Um, I thought some of them were really fascinating. So there was one session on optimizing the energy system, um, another that explored technology as a service, um, one on the future of food production in a technocentric world. Uh, what were some kind of interesting points that came out of these conversations? Uh, we had uh, a series of really interesting panels uh, that were uh, designed uh, around sectors for the most part. So we had a uh, making, moving, and measuring uh, panel, which was principally focused on the manufacturing sector, um, but also looked at some, some of the transportation issues relating to manufacture, um, but also considered uh, the revolution in sensing technology that's underway um, that promises to produce information uh, all the way from space uh, through um, uh, drone technology to ground level technology um, and be part of the um, environmental big data uh, boom that we're all anticipating and expecting. Uh, there was a panel on uh, on energy that, not surprisingly, was uh, by and large focused on um, uh, the uh, the innovations and and forward movement and momentum in the renewables energy renewable energy um, space. Um, we had a panel on um, on food, um, which uh, was very interesting. Uh, that uh, included. Um, consideration of, uh, or reconsideration of, uh, of our basic crop production approaches and, um, and raise the question whether uh, we, we should be growing uh, perennial crops instead of annual crops, which uh, have all sorts of dividends in terms of avoiding um, tilling and um, and uh, non-point source pollution, but also have climate uh, benefits associated with them. Um, so that was, uh, that was quite interesting as well. We had a circular economy uh, segment um, that looked generally at the, uh, uh, at the movement and the direction of circularity um, uh, on a cross-sectoral uh, basis um, and the promise that that holds um, we did an e We had an e-services panel that, among other things, considered um, where uh, we're going with artificial intelligence and cloud uh, computing, and, and the energy and environmental implications of uh, of, of that evolution and approach. Uh, this is just a smattering of some of the things that were discussed. Um, some takeaways for me were um, the the apparent um, and sort of palpable power of the sustainability idea or ideal um, in, in driving um, 
uh, away in some ways um, from the consumption model that uh, to build products in a way that um, are durable um, and, uh, and then to, to build the business model around ensuring that durability and servicing the equipment um, so that it can be reused over and over again um, instead of a business model based on um, replacement uh, of the equipment and disposal of, uh, of the predecessor equipment. So, yeah, these are this, uh, the extent to which this is influencing behavior in the business sector, the sustainability ideal uh, was on full display at this conference and, um, and, uh, and stimulating and energizing uh, to hear. Uh, but it also uh, uh, brought attention to some important areas of challenge, um, including the fact that the, even though the, the technology uh, now exists for rapid build-out of renewables, the incentive structures aren't uh, all in place to encourage that to happen. So the pacing is, uh, is off from what it could be uh, with a different set of incentives. Um, similarly, the, uh, as much promise as artificial intelligence holds um, for helping us solve tomorrow's problems, um, uh, it does not come entirely free either. The cloud computing resources associated with artificial intelligence um, will be significant. They'll be energy consumptive um, and, uh, and part of the, uh, the, the path forward needs to be um, in anticipation of that. We've, we've come to realize the importance of bringing together this diverse group of stakeholders. And, and the reason why is because the recurring kind of theme that came out of these sessions was that the innovation exists, but to solve some of these really big, complex challenges, um, we still need to overcome the struggles that are slowing or preventing the scaling um, and our deployment of these technologies. Um, and some of the kind of barriers that were raised were social acceptance, um, a dated legal or policy framework, um, as well as the economic considerations um, and the unit, the unit price of, of the unit cost rather of these technologies. Um, the urgency is there, but a collective effort involving technologists, lawyers, investors, and others is really key to moving this forward. And we really just hope that green tech can serve as a platform to advance such an effort. So it um, sounds to me like you were able to cover a pretty impressive range of um, topics at this first um, inaugural conference. Um, I know it might be a little early to ask this question, but um, what are both of you thinking about for Green Tech 2020? Well, Dominic, Green Tech 2020, um, we've, we've already earmarked a date, so it will happen between the 14th and 16th of September, um, and will also be um, held in Seattle. So um, please mark your calendars, everyone. Um, I'm, I'm also hoping that maybe we'll have a panel that looks at innovative efforts that are underway to connect the dots um, in this space. 
Um, there are uh, some examples, really interesting examples of, uh, of companies and efforts underway to take environmental big data um, and harness it in the direction of uh, environmental behavioral change, um, whether that is feeding information to uh, to government uh, as a way to uh, encourage government intervention, uh, or whether that is feeding information to uh, private sector um, interests uh, who um, have a stake in the environmental performance game. So, for example, um, financial uh, managers, uh, investors, um, if that community is equipped with uh, data analytics, um, that are suggestive of uh, uh, performance issues in the environmental space, um, then uh, those financial managers uh, may be um, a source of, uh, of encouragement or inducement uh, to produce change. Thank you, Scott. Um, I think um, conversations like those happening at Green Tech um, 2019 and um, in the future Green Tech 2020 are only going to be more important um, as technology's role in environmental protection sort of continues to change and, and grow. So where might our listeners go to learn more about Green Tech? Sure. So listeners can visit greentechconference.org for more information. Um, and we also have a mailing list um, that listeners can provide their ideas and our thoughts on Green Tech 2020. Um, listeners can provide this via an email address that's greentech at eli.org. We would love to hear from everyone. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention is um, sponsorships. So there, there is an opportunity for sponsorships. Um, if um, anyone is interested, they can visit our website, click on the sponsorship link, and our sponsorship benefits um, are available on that site. If there are any questions on sponsorships, um, folks are also welcome to email me. That is, um, again, you can use the greentech at eli.org emailing address. Thank you. Thank you both for um, taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Dominic. Thank you for tuning in to People, Places, Planet Pod, brought to you by the Environmental Law Institute. We would like to hear from you, so please send us your questions, comments, and ideas to podcast at ELI.org. And if you're interested in learning more about our work, attending one of our events, reading our publications, or becoming a member, please visit our website at www.eli.org.